Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, what does it mean to be a modern warrior? First off, the elephant in the room. Warrior isn't a dirty word. A warrior is mindful. They seek excellence and have learned to control their aggression. It's about understanding leadership, developing individual resilience, and seeking consistent human optimization. Remember, lifting heavy isn't dangerous. Being weak is dangerous. Fortune favors the brave, and you're never given more than you can handle. This, then, is the Warrior You podcast. All call signs. Ready, ready, ready. Let's roll! the energy didn't it so the power of consistency today's guest on the warrior you podcast is nadine champion she's a keynote speaker an author and a skilled martial artist through her work as a high performance mindset coach and her famous ted talk 10 seconds of courage nadine encourages people to change their thinking in order to find success i've said it before i'll say it again motivation is generally fleeting it's actually consistency that builds champions and finally i've got someone else to validate that on today's podcast nadine has developed her knowledge of resilience mindset and courage she has learned how to utilize the power of consistency to develop the strength to keep fighting even when times get tough for nadine developing consistency is about more than just achieving goals As a cancer survivor, she has learnt that consistently establishing a positive mindset can have a huge impact on one's life, especially when facing some of life's most difficult challenges. She's truly inspirational. She's taken the lessons she has learnt and documented them in her book, 10 Seconds of Courage, and this includes actionable steps to help individuals reach their highest potential. It's an honour to have Nadine on the podcast today to discuss her amazing career and how she came to recognise and implement consistency in her life. She is the ideal guest for today's episode that is themed around the power of consistency. Nadine, welcome to the Warrior You podcast and where do we find you today? I'm actually in a hotel room. I'm I'm barricaded in the bedroom because it's, it's a noisy hotel. Um, I'm near the Blue Mountains in Sydney. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be the support crew for the Ultra Trail Australia Oh, cool. uh, someone's doing the Australia, Ultra Trail Australia race yeah. tomorrow, my fiance. So I'm going to be the, the coach and support crew for Fantastic. that one in the morning. I want to answer the question around consistency. And all of the, the Warrior You listeners have heard me talk before about, you know, motivation is fleeting and consistency is for champions. And I just wonder, 
Um, well, I can't think of anyone better actually to to talk to consistency about than someone who's consistently applied themselves for so many years at at something as you have to be a champion. So, so you know, what are your thoughts around consistency? I guess I've been thinking about this a lot since we discussed doing the podcast, and consistency is so important in martial arts. So I've been doing martial arts since I was ten. I'm forty five now, uh, and there are so many elements from tiny things in martial arts through to being consistent throughout a lifetime Mm. in the pursuit of one thing and all of the different ways it branches out into life, all of the different ways you can pursue that, the, the, I guess, different manifestations Mm. of one, one area. So consistency for me has been a lot around discipline, Mm. something I'm sure you know a lot about, Mm. um, around respect and around becoming the best version of yourself. Mm. Because if you're consistently not being the best version of yourself, that becomes who you are just as much as, you know, those daily practices or consistent years, decades that really shape such a large part of, of who you become. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of facets to the martial arts that, that you do, isn't there? There's not just the... The movements, there's also, I guess, the spirituality of it, um, the language of it. All of these things have to be have to be learned uh, from consistent application over time. I would assume. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's had a massive effect on me, mm. um, and you know, I've seen it have a huge effect on on the people I've I've trained with and taught over the years. Mm. You know, I wouldn't be anything. I'd be a completely different person if I didn't have martial arts in my life, and. You know, we all get into it with the, the goal of kicks and punches or wrist locks and chokes, whatever it is that you want to learn, judo throws. But, you know, I think what keeps people in it for, you know, a very long time, especially after black belt level, mm. um, is we call it the internal training, all of the, the mental, the mindset benefits of it, the spiritual practices of it and the philosophy. You know, if you, especially if you have a good teacher who has a real depth of knowledge to teach you. Uh, which I was very, very, very lucky to have. You know, there's so much around character and belief system that, you know, is that's where the real payoff is and yeah. we just communicate that physically with each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've heard before you can you can practice, you know, uh, something a thousand times or a hundred things once um, and I guess that that sort of that sort of comes down to that consistent application of being perfect at one thing and then making that part of your arsenal and then moving to the to the next thing. Have you have you found that with with martial arts that you you need to focus and really hone in on those strengths and then move to the next one? I mean, there's there's something to be said for trying different things, mm-hmm. you know, and not being in that siloed mindset where you you know it's only this way. I know when I was a kid, we have to we had to take an oath to never do a different style of martial arts. Back in the olden days, before mixed martial arts, there was just you did your style for life, mm. uh, you know. And I was uh, that didn't work for me, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. you know, not that I think there's anything wrong with that if you want to devote yourself to one thing. I've been with the same teacher for uh, 25 years. Wow. But yeah. He's his whole philosophy is around never stop learning. I had done Kodakan judo and Shotokan karate before I was twelve, <laughs> so I had switched. Wow. I had I had proven that I was had switched, and um, yeah, okay. So that's that's really interesting to me that there's that there's that requirement to apply yourself to something, but be broad enough to be able to drop your tools, so to speak, and look at something else to solve a problem. So talk to me about 
Talk to me about 10 seconds of courage, which I know you're going to love to talk about this. Well, it is one of my favourite things to talk about. <laughs> so, well, let me preface this by saying that, you know, I mentioned I did have a very good teacher. So yeah. I've um, been the student of a legendary martial artist named Benny the Jet Ukidas, uh, who was also a world champion kickboxer. I tell people he was like the Rocky of kickboxing. Yeah, right. um, for decades, he's been in a lot of Hollywood movies. He's very well known in, in martial arts land. Um, so so he, I was, this... he was kickboxing and karate or what was the... Yeah, he was one of the first mixed martial artists, you know, around the time of Bruce Lee. You know, yeah. he was uh, he was one of the, the legends of, of martial arts who then went away from just the theory and the art form. If you think about martial arts in, you know, the traditional sense, mm. he was brought in up in that and he's very much a traditionalist, as am I, but he moved into the combat sports arena and testing the skills uh, against anyone yeah you know not just in one one sport with a certain set of rules so he was on the front the frontier of that yeah um you know but the thing that i mean i knew who he was from seeing his picture in books when i was a kid but i went looking for uh someone you know i jokingly say like a mr miyagi like someone who could really teach me um, you know, everything about, about martial arts. I'd done martial arts for 10 years. I found out um, when someone's trying to gouge your eye out of your head that some martial arts aren't really that, that effective. All of the, you know, yeah. <laughs> that might not be what I needed when I'm trying to keep my eyeball. So, yeah. um, you know, rather than turning away from it, uh, and this is, I think, where we, you know, you can come back to consistency. The evidence I was getting at that point was the thing I devoted a decade to didn't work. Mm. So it would have been easy to put it down and go to something else. Mm. Uh, what I did was change gears and stay within it, mm. but I went to find a new teacher, a new style, and I started doing Sensei Benny's style because it was a combination of nine different martial arts together. Right. So I thought if I get a, a broad base, I'm still in martial arts, I'm being consistent with that, but... I can get more experience with a lot of different things and, and decide what works for myself. Yeah, I love it. And so 10 seconds of courage. Let's go. Back to that. Oh, so well, do I, you want to do that now or do you want to talk about mindset absolutely, first? Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, he. what I wasn't expecting, mm. I you know, I got a foundation in these nine different martial arts. I was taken over to America to, to meet Sensei Benny and, uh, you know, the first thing he ever said to me was, do you feel fear? And he's this very intimidating, very well-known person who asked me, you know, I was a 22-year-old female in a male-dominated arena, and he's asking me to admit whether or not I feel fear. And uh, it was, I thought, okay, <laughs> this is a little different. What yeah. do you say? Do you, you know, do you take the human approach and, and admit how you, you feel underneath? Or do you take the, the warrior mindset approach where you don't lead with your fear. Mm. So it was it was a hard question to answer. I said, yes, everybody does. And he quickly corrected me that not everybody does. <laughs> you know, those that aren't, you know, they aren't in the same mindset as us, maybe yeah. aren't capable of feeling fear and they're the ones we have to watch out for. Yeah. But uh, it was just a check. He checked to see what are you made of straight off the bat? What are you made of internally, not just externally? So he that. talked yeah. to me a lot about fear and courage. Yeah. Can we Not go, just can me, we, but everyone. Can we go back one sec? He, yeah. he He said to you, he corrected you and said, no, no, not everyone experiences Feels fear. fear. 
Yeah. And and I assume that you you at that point would have thought, well, he's telling me that, you know, I can develop this thing where I don't feel fear. But actually what he's saying to you is, no, there's crazy people out there who don't have fear and they're the ones we need to be careful of. Yeah, exactly. it's, a, it's a beautiful concept. And I, I guess I've been on the other side of that in special forces and, and was developed specifically to to not fear things mm. so much. In fact, I say quite often on this podcast that when the shooting used to start, it would get to the point where I'd feel, and I know a lot of a lot of guys will be able to probably relate to this, you would feel this sense of relief almost. Mm. So there was, there was obviously an underlying fear, but it was manifested in a different way, excitement. Yeah. yeah. So I totally get that that would be something that you would not want to come up against is someone who either doesn't have any fear because they're crazy or have been trained to to be to be less fearful. But I suppose that then we can use that someone like yourself could then use that as your strength to be able to tap into that yourself. Yeah, I mean it's taking a realistic approach and you know because he he knew he took one look at me and knew that I was a 5 foot 6 young woman you know in that situation so this would be part of my life. Mm. You know, and the other part of it is to go where he knew I I would probably want to go at the level that I was at already. Um, I would be testing myself in situations that did involve fear. Mm. Uh, nowhere near your experience, of course, in the special forces. But when you step into a you know a kickboxing ring or a Thai boxing ring to fight full contact, you know mm. there is a realistic. Um, no, that would scare me. <laughs> I've got yeah, to say, well, that, that means scary. that you're not one of those people who doesn't feel yeah, the fear. It's contextual. It's contextual, of course. Yeah. Um, we worry about the guy in the gym yeah. who has no fear of it yeah. because he either can't feel it yeah. or he has an unrealistic expectation and is more likely to get hurt. So yeah. since everybody was all about make peace with your fear, understand your fear, don't pretend you don't have it because then it becomes a hindrance. Yeah. But also, you know, he would talk about in the ring when you're performing, like when you're executing the task, like you were saying, when the shooting starts, uh, there's no thinking. There's no time for thinking. You have to be able to execute, but without letting your fear control you because you pretended you didn't have it. You have to make peace with it before you're in the moment so that you can... You can allow yourself to, he calls it, show your love for what you do. Mm. Execute your skill set and be completely present in that moment without blocking yourself with, you know, a fear that you tried to hold down or pretend didn't exist. And if you were, if you were about to, to, to get into the ring for, for a, uh, an international fight of some acclaim, how, um, how would you go about controlling, controlling that fear and turning it into a positive energy? Well, it could be the tiniest first fight in, in the, you know, yeah. the Woi Woi social club, you know. It's probably more dangerous, um, to be honest. Yeah, well, I had that experience. But, you know, it's I, I joke with people that, um, you know, I fought a girl who was wearing a pink tutu once. Mm. I really did. And she she wasn't uh, – I was in peak physical condition and she I was the more fit of the two, shall we say. Mm. When you're staring that person in the eye and you know that they could wrap their shin bone around your face, mm. even that person can look a little scary before yeah. the action starts. Yeah. Because you know, like, you know, I know never to judge a book by its cover. Yeah. You never know what someone's really made of until yeah. you, you're in that experience with them. So, yeah, no, I totally um, agree. You know, yeah. But that's where the 10 seconds of courage comes in. It's not so, like you said, once it's happening, it's happening. Yeah. And that's the easy part. For me, the hard part, 
was always standing at the door of the dressing room. And this is where I think people miss opportunities in their lives. Standing at the door of the dressing room, the natural thing to do is to be full of adrenaline, hopefully have acknowledged your fear and put it to the side. We call it turning the volume down. Mm. And then being ready to to face the unequivocal truth of what you're made of. Yeah. Face what's going to happen in the ring. But it's that moment right before you start walking that's the 10 seconds of courage. It's the difference between am I going to stay in my comfort zone or am I going to, when my moment comes, walk out the door and face my fear. Mm. And that adrenaline must be just palpable. It must be really like just just to see oh, you're going charging. through your You would know that, you know, a very yeah. similar thing. It's, yeah. uh, but that was, the, that was the beautiful thing with Sensei Benny, you know. I mean, I'm not him. He used to sleep in the dressing room before, uh, you know, a fight. Mm. I'm not built that way. Mm. But, um, you know, he was all about being able to control your emotions under pressure. Mm. Not to not have any emotions. Yeah but to be able to control them under pressure, whether that's, you know, I do a lot of, of corporate speaking work and, and mindset coaching with everyday people and it's not just for getting people ready to compete in athletic endeavours, it's for going for a job interview, you know, it's for, you know, women who are eight and a half months pregnant <laughs> going, yeah. oh, no, now I actually have to have the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of different, different ways where you can apply uh, you know, having to face your own fears about what might happen. And, and this is this is what can change the trajectory of people's lives. It's not so much when the moment comes. I rewind it all the way back to the beginning when you have to say yes to the opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you never know what's going to happen. And sometimes people, they jump to, say, in the context of fighting, they jump to their fear of what's going to happen in the ring. Yeah. And they say yes or no based on that instead of, I'm just going to be brave. Ten seconds of courage. Say yes, and then I can I can make peace with it. I can work with it as I go along in the process of it. But so often that breaks my heart. I see people cut themselves off at the very beginning, and they rob themselves of the opportunity. Wow. I went through uh, you know a cancer diagnosis seven years ago, and that made me wide awake. It snapped me right into what I'd already known from having lived in that, Mm. you know, extreme training situation or, you know, having gotten into the ring. But I'm very aware of whether or not you're in alignment with who you want to be if you've become the person that you want to be or not. You know, I'm really passionate about that because I, you know, I was so lucky to have found something that I love to do. I was so lucky to have found someone to be in my corner quite literally but through my whole adult life to teach me and help me grow and, you know, create that consistency of backing as well. Yeah. Instead of it just being me trying to learn on my own, having yeah. somebody to, to guide me and help me. There's a real Buddhism to that, isn't there? Like, you know, between stimulus and response as a space and it's, it's, uh, it's your choice what happens, you know. So I, I, I wonder if that is in tune with the 10 seconds of courage as well. Like you have the you have the opportunity now of how you face this fear. You either run from it or you don't. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've done both. Mm. You know, I've, I've, I have experience with my own fear and I have some courage, absolutely. I've earned the right to say that because I can, I can show you 
I can literally show you the video. Here is where I was feeling really afraid and I showed courage. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as most people can. But, can, can, uh, you, can you get more courageous by consistently applying yourself over time? I believe so. I'm living proof. Yeah, you know, right. I, I was a bit of a chicken. <laughs> when I came into my shot, I cannot I see that at all. Oh, I was a total chicken. I used to cry all the time in training because, you know, I came from a touch contact background yeah. where, uh, you know, I was taught to consistently not kick you in the head. And what that did in real life, when the time came, I went to throw the kick and didn't kick through the target. So I didn't even realise that what I was being consistently trained to do was to hold myself back. Yeah. So when I changed the context of the application, I realised I didn't have the correct skill set. Mm. So, you know, moving forward in martial arts, I tried to make sure that I had lots of different skill sets to be able to match up yeah. with different different situations and... You know, I used to get a little upset, you know, when I'd get hit in the face in the beginning because, as most people do, yeah. um, that's the healthy response. Someone punches you in the nose. And Sensei Benny says most people feel four emotions in the ring, when, especially when they're learning contact, yeah. uh, which is fear, anger, frustration, and anxiety. Wow. So people get fearful for their safety. They get frustrated because they got hit. Yeah. What precedes anger is frustration. So then they get angry. And, um, you know, they get anxious. What's and going to happen? Am I going to win-lose? What does this mean about me? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've been hit in the face that many times, if I'm honest. But I do watch um, MMA a fair bit and you see guys taking some big hits and you wonder how they work through that. Um, and I assume it's because they get hit a lot. And so consistently getting hit in the face probably makes you realise that you can continue to work through it, I'd assume. Yeah, I think it's an external showing of what's happening for you internally. So your character is building and you're learning to trust yourself and you're mm. learning to be more resilient internally. But the external manifestation of that is you hit me and I don't burst into tears anymore. Yeah. When I first came into it, I used to look at uh, Sensei Benny training the guys in the ring and or fighting them fighting and think, wow, I'm not like that. I'm never going to get there. Mm. Uh, but over time I did, I ended up being, you know, I broke bones in the ring and didn't even blink on my yeah, face. Yeah. Um, I never would have thought wow. I would get to that point, but the way Sensei Benny explains it is beautiful. And I, I'd like to share it with you if that's okay, because I'd right. never heard anyone explain it this way before. Yeah. He talked to me about when you start doing something, whether it's martial arts or anything else, you like a little lump of clay. I don't know if you ever made really ugly looking bowls in primary school like I did. <laughs> you like a lump of clay and you get put into a certain shape. And when you put the clay in the, in the kiln, in the fire, and to, in, to me and what I do, the fire is the ring. When you get put under pressure in the ring and you get that contact in the ring, it does something to you. You know, and you get a certain result. It may be the result you're looking for. I could keep my composure. I did well today or I really lost it, you know, and I didn't do well. So when you come out of the out of the kiln, he's told me that clay is porous. You know, you put water into clay that hasn't been properly lacquered yet. The water seeps through and what he calls that is emotional leakage. Mm. So he said if you still have leakage, if someone hits you and you overreact and try to kill them, someone hits you and you take it personally and get upset, you still have emotional leakage. Mm. So he talked about being consistent in that you apply another layer of glaze, you go back in the kiln, 
you come out, you can hold water. You can hold a little bit more. So it's this idea of glazing 1% at a time. It's being consistent. You just keep going back and keep going back and keep going back and you get literally tougher 1% at a time. But that thin layer of glaze is so minute, you can't necessarily see it. Mm. But over years of practice, all of a sudden, I turned around one day and went, oh, how did I get a little tougher than I used to be? But it's that tiny little bit of maybe you got a quarter of a percent better today. Yeah. I I think that's so beautifully put, Nadine. And I, I wonder around the consistent application quite often, especially in CrossFit, we say just trust the process. Mm. Um, very difficult to do. It's very easy to say. I'm, I'm wondering how mm-hmm. do you how do you trust the process as a fighter where maybe you feel like I'm not getting any better at this? Does it just suddenly you do get better or does it, or do you not see it yourself and someone has to tell you you're getting better or how do you trust that process? I explain to people that it's like a wave. It's like a ripple, an up and down ripple. So you're training, sometimes you'll feel like you're going on the upswing and other times you'll feel like you're going on, on a downward spiral. Maybe you didn't do so well for the last few weeks. Um, but you have to trust that, Whenever there's that downswing, if you don't give up, because if you if you quit in the valley, that's it, and those mm. are going to be your feelings about it. Yeah. You know, if you trust that where there's a downswing, there's an upswing, mm. and if you look, if you've been training for years, or if you've been working in the industry for years, you can usually track that progression over time, which helps you trust more. Okay, well, there probably will be an upswing because two years ago I was here before. Right. So I explain to people, or I, I use like the analogy of uh, relationship. Mm. You know, you could be the most in love. You know, it's amazing. You love your husband, wife. It's so it's so incredible. Uh, but you know, this week they're annoying. <laughs> you know, no, nothing personal to anyone. But um, you know, this week. <laughs> it's a lot of people out there right now. I'm applying that. So even with friendships, you know, yeah. like nothing is is completely a straight line. Yeah. Over time, though, logically of course you'll get better. Yeah. If you stop, it's fixed. Wow. So, of course, you'll get better over time. But that's where the beautiful thing about uh, relationships, that's why I always call Sensei Benny Sensei, which means like honourable teacher, yeah. even though he's like my dad. Yeah. You know, I lost my dad ar- around when I was 20. So I have a very close personal relationship with him. But even when he's at my house, I'll call him Sensei Benny. Sure. Because once he stops, and you would understand this from your military background, like that respect is so important. Mm. He doesn't care if I call him sensei. I care. Yeah. You know, having that respect there is so important because over time I need to trust that he's been there before me. Yeah. So when I'm, I'm, I can't see my improvement, when he explains to me from his, his experience, mm. I can see that I'm also having a similar experience, not him telling me what I should do. Oh, yeah, you're a great kid. You're doing a good job because if I don't feel like I am, that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, but if you can tell me when you had a hard time and you didn't feel like you were getting better and then what happened for you, I can see myself in you. You can apply that. Yeah, and it's it comes down to what you believe about you. And he's uh, he's a hard taskmaster for about the first ten years. He didn't give me a compliment. Maybe. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Deal. <laughs> Actually, no, eh. But, um, you know, he could see I was very young and I was, I really wanted him to acknowledge my hard work and okay. I wanted him to you know, to tell me that I was good enough or that I was talented at this thing that I loved so much. And because I desperately wanted him to tell me, he held out on me. He wouldn't tell me Mm. until I got to the point where I felt like I'd improved. Yeah. I knew I was good enough. And then what he thought didn't really matter anymore. Yeah, great. It's so good, like, to talk to you because it just reaffirms in my mind that consistency is one of the most important and... um, you know, least understood things around performance. And in particular, I think that trusting the process is very difficult to do. But you seemed to touch on something then which um, I'd like to unpack a bit more, which is around reflection. And I think that's probably the the bit that's missing for a lot of people when they're like, oh, I just need to trust the process and I need to show up every day and just show up. But they don't sit there and reflect back over the years and they don't reflect – and whether that's a spiritual reflection or whether that's some sort of a reflection that's journaling or something like that. But I, I assume that you take the time quite often to go back and look at where you've come from and where you're going. Um, you know, I find teaching really helps with that because I've, I'm constantly giving away what I've been so lucky to be given. Yeah, right. Um, I find that that really helps because I'm try- when you're going through something, I can reach for something that I may not have thought of in a while to share with you in the hope that it'll help you. Mm. But also, you know, I got to write a book a few years ago that I really did have to go there and think about it. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's called 10 Seconds of Courage. Yeah, um, Yeah, you know, Sensei Benny was, he's like I said, he's a teacher. He made me write down what he was teaching me. So it wasn't just kicks and punches and getting in the ring. He would make me write down the internal principles. He would make me write down the strategic points. So it was like school, essentially. You know, I went to uni and it, you know, it didn't take that long to get a degree, only, you know, three years. But, you know, this has been 35 years of of study. Which is why why you're undefeated (laughs) world champion. Well, I had a good teacher. No, no, not at all. But, you know, I, I had somebody really invest in me. Yeah you know, and really make sure that I was learning. And when it came time to write a book, I got a chance to write down what he had taught me and how I applied it and what I did with it. Because, you know, the thing that I found really interesting about him was he would, he would teach me something and tell me it was absolutely useless unless I did something with it. Yeah. I I know you're not going to like this, but just for the people listening at home, some humble, maybe some, maybe you could give us some humble sort of bragging about what it is that you've achieved in the sport. Uh, you know what? The things that I'm most proud of, trophies and medals and things at home in, in boxes, yeah. the things that I'm most proud of are what I've done 
with my life mm. from martial arts, what I learned in martial arts, how I've applied that in my life to help other people. Mm. Trophies don't, don't mean much to me at all. Mm. Um, they're just an experience. So even when I was, you know, I was competing once and Sensei Benny was in my corner and it was a really tough fight, you know, I broke my hand, she lost her teeth. It was a, it was a brutal fight. It's a good exchange. Yeah, it was fair, fair. It was a really tough fight. She was yeah. very, very, she was very strong, mm. and I went into that match quite injured. Mm. Um, but I was, you know, taking my opportunity when it came, and I sat down on the stool in the middle of the fight, and I said to Sensei Vinny, oh, like I was panicking a little bit, mm. and uh, and I said to him, you know, who's winning? Who's winning? And he just looked at me like, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, he looked at me really like what? And he goes, why does it matter? Mm. Just fight. Yeah, like it's you're not here to win a piece of plastic and wood. Yeah, you're here to find out what you're made of. Yeah. You're here to test yourself against this person and express, yeah. you know, your love for what you do. So as much as that stuff's important, the fighting was never the point for me. The fighting was a way to to find out who I was. Yeah. Um, the things that I'm most proud of, I was the the 21st person in the world to be given a black belt by Sensei Benny. So if you have some context for who he is, that was quite hard to achieve. It's like getting blood out of a stone yeah, with well all respect. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I received another level of black belt from him that um, right. there aren't many of us out there. So how many, those things, how many out there? Come on. Oh, maybe half a dozen. I'm not yeah. too sure, but not many. Um, That's amazing. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but there, you know, it's, it's something that not a, a lot of people get to do, but you know, a lot of martial arts and a lot of things in general these days, you know, you can buy your way into things yes. or you can be rewarded for yeah. time Instant or you gratification. can be rewarded for who you yeah. know yeah. with him. He's yeah. um, very traditional. So I could not yeah. buy a black belt from him. I couldn't buy his time if I didn't deserve it. He's one of those people where anything you get from him, you know that you earned it. Yeah, my my old platoon sergeant, old my platoon sergeant, um, who I love dearly, Paul Kale, he mm. he's he he's talked to me about this as well, and how he thinks that one of the biggest problems at the moment with with society in general is that instant gratification, and he said that martial arts is one of the last things where you still have to step through all the processes and. And go through all the gates, and you, you can't just walk in there and and be awarded a black belt. Um, I think that's a, a lovely thing, really. Yeah, I mean, some styles and everything has its place. Let right. me say this: so, if you do a style that is is quick to get a black belt, fantastic. It must be perfect for you, and that's great. And hopefully, you'll get what you need out of it. But even that, you're not getting it in a week. <laughs> you know, you're no, not buying. Like you have so to. You still, have to put some yeah, effort in. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, the idea that there are still martial arts out there where it's not commercial, where mm. you can't access it any other way through literal blood, sweat and tears. Mm. And in the style that I do, Yukirikan, it is, it's not just can you do this, this particular movement, do you know that wrist lock? Mm. You have to know all of the external skills, but then... You know, the beautiful thing is, while Sensei Benny is still with us, he's still alive, he's the only one on earth who can give a black belt. Right. I've been in a black belt with him for over 20 years. I can't award a black belt in his system. Yeah. I take my student to him and present them. Wow. And it's not 
has he created the amount of like shapes yeah, and yeah, skills yeah. and can he beat these guys up? He gets sat down with this, this sensei and he's like Yoda. Yeah, like right. I joke about it, but he's, he's not interested in what, what awards you have, how many people you beat, all of that stuff. I've seen him turn my student who's uh, Paul Mind. He's, you know, he's six foot five, big boy, big, strong guy, very good. You know, I watched him turn him into a little kid right in front of me because yeah. of the way he spoke to him and the mm. questions he asked him. Mm. And he's not just looking for what can you do, he's looking for who are you. Yeah, beautiful. And if you can articulate that against someone who is quite intimidating, you know, mm. who's someone who's very insightful, you know, it's those people you can tell, they know when you're kind of like fudging the truth. He's yeah. one of those people who just look at you like, really? Do you really mean what you just said? Yeah. Um, you know, so to be able to hold water when someone like that is turning their full attention on you is about character and, you know, the way to build character I think is through consistency, Yeah. through, you know, going and doing your training when no one's actually there to, oh, to supervise yes. you. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive, you know, believer that character is what you do when no one's watching. Mm. Um, I'm also a really big believer if it's not on video on Instagram, it didn't happen. Um, those, two <laughs> <laughs> those two things are very conflicted. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I do know exactly what you mean. If, if you're out there doing the work in the gym, no one's watching, the camera's not rolling and you're doing it not for other people but for, for the pursuit of something, something excellent. Because excellence is so difficult. Excellence mm. in anything. Um, take any number of different types of movements or whatever it is to be human and try and be excellent at it. it at some stage it takes work behind the scenes that people don't see and I've heard I've heard you now say that I've heard other people say it I've, I've read where Lance Armstrong said it although history would show that perhaps it was there was other there was other <laughs> things there was other things going on but um, yeah. listen I want to talk to you quickly about mindset because I believe that I'm pretty good at I, I am of strong mind generally mm. and to build to build mindset for me was about building frames of reference so so for instance Nadina if it's if there's a storm on a f Sunday afternoon here in Perth and it's in winter and it's stormy I'll go for a run because no one mm. else will if if it's 50 degrees and you know and a dust storm in Dubai and I'm there on holidays I'll go for a ride for for an hour because no one else will you know if the waves you reminded me of Goggins well <laughs> Goggins is mindset attitude Goggins has Goggins has probably been able to articulate what special forces have known for millennia which is you mm. know if it's if it's tough then go do it because then it won't be and and don't shy away. And I think I do wonder if maybe humanity is moving away from the animal that we are by sheltering so much and not being impacted by environment and uh, hunger and thirst and and the like. But anyway, mm. yes, yeah, so I'm wondering, someone like yourself, you know, how are you how are you building a stronger mindset other than just the ten seconds of courage, which I think is an amazing concept in itself. I really like it. Um, you know, anyone who's ever had to jump out of the back of an aeroplane for the first time parachuting has had to find that 10 seconds of courage because it's all well and good to have done the training. you still got to walk into that arena. Exactly. It's terrifying. And when, when the moment comes, you well, feel that fear. and yeah. yeah, and you're surrounded by people, some of them who've done it before, some of them who haven't, but it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. None of them can save you. 
Mm. You're, you're the person stepping out. And some people don't step out. And you know what? Mm. Shout out to those people that didn't. I get it. I, I totally get that, why you didn't. We're all scared it's of ter- different things. It's terrifying. I mean, I'm scared of heights. So I had to do it. To get, a, to get my, you know, commando barrow, I had to jump out of a bloody aircraft at night. Like you know, at a thousand Respect. feet. So what? What do you? I mean, what? You're braver you, than me. No, and I used to say, well, it's not. Oh, is it bravery? I, I used to say, it's akin for me, for me personally. It's akin to committing suicide. And I know mm-hmm. I, I say that in the in the. I, I totally understand what I'm saying here. So don't. So people who are about to pile on, I, I get it. But for mm-hmm. me, it was like I'm going to die here. I think I'm going to have to There's kill. Possibility. I've got to kill myself yeah. to to do this. And I. You know, and so I, I don't mean to make light of suicide in any way, but no, um, yeah, I certainly felt standing on the back ramp of an aircraft at night. It's like this could be over for me. I have no idea because I'm not. I'm still to this day not sure if I had a malfunction on my parachute, if I could have actually carried out the drills. <laughs> to mm. be fair, so I might, I may well have been trying to die every time. I do wonder how do you build that mindset to be able to be tougher in the long term. You know, I, I liked what you said there around, you know, because you realistically, it's not unrealistic, invented, imagined fear for you to know that if you perform this act of jumping out of a plane, one of the consequences might be fatal. Yeah, and for, I guess for some people too, and for, certainly for me, it was um, profoundly more real because I, because I have that fear of heights. Mm. And, so, and, and so for me, it, 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 it very much, every jump I did, I did think to myself, this could be it. <laughs> so yeah yeah and I knew going into the ring I mean some people would never train their fighters to think this way but Sensei Benny was he knew I was afraid of getting hurt like I didn't I'd seen people get badly disfigured I'd seen I knew that um mm. you know a guy a guy in New South Wales had died uh in the ring mm. getting the same title at the same weight in the men's division as me mm. um you know it wasn't unrealistic and I'm you know, I'm a thinking person. Yeah. I risk assess everything I do. So, of course, doing something that's so – it's irrational in a way to jump out of a plane or go and fight someone in a ring. You know, those aren't normal things to do. So for me to know that, you know, that – how much do you want to fight? Mm. Are you prepared to get hurt? Mm. Do you know that you could die doing this? Yeah. Instead of pretending that it's fine and then having to deal with the consequences of it later – you know, I had to build up that mental toughness over time to be able to accept that risk. And, you know, I'm not someone who encourages people to go and compete yeah. personally. Um, you know, I, if, they're not, if they're not clear on what could go wrong, then I haven't done my job properly. Yeah. You yeah. know, they need to understand the risk of it. That can be a conditioning part of, of getting tougher in inverted commas, you know, that you know... Here's what I'm facing. Yeah. Am I prepared to do it? And if not, you can select out, yeah. mm. self-select, you know, because it's when I knew by the time I was ready to, to deal with the possible outcomes, I knew I was ready. Yeah. When I knew that I could, you know, I could go with champion fighters in the gym and, and survive, you know, <laughs> by the skin of my teeth many times, but survive it then I was probably ready to assume the risks of that level. So it's right. like a gradual increasing, I think. What's the most important? Is it, is it the, the technical skill, the physical fitness or the mental tenacity or, or grit? 
Oh, that's a hard one. I know you're going to say all three, but if you <laughs> if you had to lose one of those, because I, I know that you have all three of those on point, but if you had to lose one of those, which one would Believe you lose? Believe it or not, I'd lose the fitness. Wow. I was really hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you – I was listening to your, your podcast with Marcus Smith, actually, on the way out here. We, yeah. we were listening to it for the race tomorrow. Yeah. Incredible uh, guy. Brilliant. Thank you so much yeah. for making that. It was great. And, you know, you were talking about – whether you have that thing in you, whether, yeah. you know, we in fighting, we call it being a goer. Like you're either right. a goer or you're not. We call it something really else. Gonna, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that we won't discuss. But you you know, when push comes yeah. to shove and someone hits you, whether it's in the pub or in the mm. ring or wherever it is, if you can't get out of that situation, which is always preferable, yeah, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you're either going to defend yourself or not. Right. You're no, either totally going to have that fighting spirit or not. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I've been in the ring. I've given so much of myself in the ring that in the last round, I've been literally throwing punches in slow motion. My body, even yeah. though I was fit, had reached its its max point. Right. But there wasn't a moment, you know, I'm throwing a broken hand at it. There wasn't a moment where my fighting spirit switched off. Have you Have you trained so consistently over time that – um, certain moves are second nature and stimulus response to someone else's body position? Muscle memory. Yeah. You have to have muscle memory so that you don't have to think. Mm. So the repetition has to be there. Um, and correct repetition, not just, okay, I'm going to show up and do the movement, but, you know, doing it under pressure. So that idea of train hard, fight easy, you don't want to be having – you know, oh, I should have done more thoughts in the moment. You want to be fully experienced in the the level of contact, in the speed of it, the aggression of it, um, you know, but also the emotions that come with it. You know, when I was fighting, I would, you know, train for a fight. I'd fight at 62 kilos, but I would get in the ring with, um, you know, there was a day I was in there with two heavyweight world champions, Steve McKinnon and Peter the Chief Graham. They're mm. 120 plus kilos each. Really? Uh, but the idea behind, of course, you know, they hit me so hard I spun in a circle. <laughs> it's not about taking impact from someone twice the size of you. It's about having felt those feelings, that fear, that anxiety, that do I show up to training or do I make an excuse today knowing what's coming? If you can get experience with those feelings, when you are having that moment where you're at the door of the dressing room and you're feeling the natural fear, anxiety, etc. You can back yourself better because yeah. it's not your first rodeo. You felt it before, and that's how you, you know, you part of how you learn to control it under pressure. It's not, you know, I'm sure by the time you jumped out of your fiftieth plane, it wasn't the same set of feelings as the first time. No, still terrifying. Yeah, but <laughs> you learn to you learn to kind of make peace with it, right? It becomes something that's manageable rather than something that's controlling you. So, yeah, you know, trying to figure out how you work, how you respond. And, and change strategy, tweak what needs to be tweaked and having the courage to focus on your weaknesses, you know, rather than avoiding them, being consistent with working on your, your best skills. But since then, Benny talked about worst day abilities with me. Yeah. Are you brave enough to round out your game? Are you brave enough to admit the thing mm. that you don't do well instead of trying to shove it over here so no one can see it? And this works in business as well, I believe, you know, what are you worst at? What are you, are you willing to, to admit it to yourself, let alone anybody else, and bring it forward and improve your skill set? Mm. Because what you, you know, since anybody would say to me, what you hide under the bed, 
one day you'll, you know, it'll come out hopefully at the right moment, but usually the wrong moment. So it's being willing to work on what you're, what you're not good at and being willing to be humbled at regular intervals, even though you might be at the top of your game, being more than willing to be humbled, you know, in the process of that. And I know, um, you know, there's a big difference between confidence and arrogance and, you know, I know you interviewed Jocko on the podcast. He's got a great story about being the one who was sent in to fire the other SEAL team captains yeah. when he, uh, you know, when they were getting arrogant because yeah. that's where your, you know, your biggest mistakes are going to be made. Yeah, that's true. Can I point out one more thing Do it. before we go? Uh, because when I was thinking about your experience from what I've read about you, and I'm sure that this is something I find really links in with martial arts. I don't know if you've heard of Admiral McRaven, who uh, yeah. wrote this, you know, wrote the Make Your Bed book. Uh, I, I get all my students to make their bed and make it very, very well, like they're in the military. But, um, you know, that's also what we do. It's about consistency. It's about, you know, if you make your bed, you start your day well. If yeah. you iron your uniform every time you come to training, and we train in the car park with no uniforms. It's not about that. It's if you know that when you put this on, you iron it crisply. And I thought that might be, you know, similar to a military uniform. Or if I, it's being consistent in your respect, not just to your seniors, but to yourself and what you do. So when I tie my belt, I tie it the same every time. It has to be level. If I see my student with it not tied properly, before I even get to them, they know I'm going to get them to do it again because... When you're lucky enough to have something that you love, when you're lucky enough to have something that you do well Mm. and you're surrounded by other people, you have good people in your corner also in that fight with you, in that effort with you, if you consistently teach yourself to be respectful of what you're doing and of yourself and of them, I think you can win at pretty much anything in life. How you do something is how you do everything. Yeah, I'm still working on my uh, on my precision bed making skills, but um, <laughs> hospital you know, corners, know, hospital corners. That's where it's at. I know the effect. You know, just those tiny little things like tying your belt correctly yeah. every day. It might not seem like that big a deal the first two months. It'll be an annoyance. Yeah. But when you've tied your belt with respect for twenty years, mm. what does that do to you mentally? Yeah. And it's had a profound effect on me. And you know, I'm so grateful to Sensei Benny. That's why I. You know, I wrote a book about what he taught me and, you know, coming out of my cancer treatment, I had an opportunity to give a TEDx talk. They made me the closing speaker of TEDx Sydney yeah. and I decided to give a talk about, you know, one of the key things he told me, he taught me about. It's on YouTube if you if you want to watch yeah, it. But, yeah, I'll link on the show notes, yep. Um, you know, and I wanted to share this person who'd had such a big effect on me because not everybody is lucky enough to have someone in their life consistently to help them grow. Yeah. So that's my mission in life now is to help other people grow, whether it's through coaching or, um, you know, just being able to go to, to companies and give talks and things because it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to introduce ideas to someone else, even if it is just that idea of, oh, maybe I'm going to make my bed tomorrow or maybe... Yeah. You know, I will be that little bit extra respectful to my boss or to my 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 wife or whoever it is, because it, those things become your character and can have such a big effect. Yeah, I'm I'm really, uh, my heart is really warm to know that there's still cultures like your culture out there that have the foundational elements of respect and duty, and so it makes me makes me really happy to know that you're passing that on to to other people and and. You know, making 
uh, making a, a difference in their lives. So um, on behalf of all of them, thank you. Thank you and so much and thank you for giving yeah, me the opportunity to share no, that. No, thank you. And, and your listeners. Yeah, and I, I think the Warrior You listenership w- would have gotten a lot out of this and, and – Finally, they've heard someone else say how important consistency is and not just, <laughs> and not just me. So we, we've stacked the decks here. You know, the, it's the little things mm. that mean so much more to me than any of that other stuff that people project or, mm. you know, all of the, the things about, around achievement because it's, it's the little things that we all do in our lives mm. that really reflect to, it signals to me and to other people what you're made of more than, you know, any trophy ever could. So yeah. what's next for, for you moving forward from here? Uh, you know, I, I really love being able to speak, you know, mm. I get to go to so many great companies and share with people. And mm. the thing I'm most excited about, so I've been doing that. I had cancer in 2013, 2014. I became a professional speaker after doing that TEDx talk by accident. Yeah. I didn't realize people would be so interested in martial arts concepts, but they are. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've spent the last six years speaking at companies and I'm so excited now that I'm, uh, I'm having the opportunity to start speaking with, uh, young people who may have left school, who are trying to get employment or women who've been through domestic violence situations or, you know, people who were struggling because even though I love martial arts, I, I struggled when I was a teenager you know, life happens to us and, you know, you don't necessarily have the coping skills. So I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't, that didn't pick up on the fact that I look like Ralph Macchio, by the way. Uh, it is. It's shockingly true. Uh-huh. Yes. You should see some photos of me when I was a kid. I've actually got the bandana. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> Wait, you didn't grow up yeah. in Adelaide, did you? I didn't. No, no I didn't. Okay. That's lucky. I'm just really excited to be able to share. Um, you know, I love speaking at companies, but I'm really excited to be able to share moving forward mm. with some people who maybe really need someone in their corner. Yeah, your story is a little bit more unique than most from having a sensei like that. A lot of people don't have that. It's what It is a problem with today's society is that people don't have someone to turn to, I think. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we and are that for a lot of people too. Our podcast is that for, for this is an extension of my own leadership journey to be fair really hey thanks nadine i really appreciated it good luck for fiance tomorrow and Thank you. uh you know yeah. just one more step just one more step just one more step we'll keep being consistent that's all you i gotta I, right? that's all i gotta do <laughs> just, just, he just, he's just gotta put one more foot in front of the other thank you <clears> so <throat> much for having me on today yeah brilliant all right thanks bram i really appreciate it bye-bye all right see ya righto thanks for listening gang If you'd like to find out about our parent company and the leadership and resilience training and workshops that they offer, please head to the Hindsight Leadership website, www.hindsightleadership.com. Hindsight Leadership, all one word. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and remember every dollar helps, you can do that through the podcast website at www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. There's a donation tab at the bottom of the main page and all donations are really appreciated. They keep the show on the road. And if you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, whether that's just the physical training component or the whole cultural training package, this can also be found through the podcast website, www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. Thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 